In today's show, we're looking at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you save money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on the ones that you want to keep. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to talk waiver wire, players to add, players to drop, who who's getting added, who's getting dropped, players to watch, all that sort of stuff. So let's talk about it right now. Let's look at the most added players over the last 24 hours for Fantasy Basketball. Number one was a guy that was on my, probably I think highlighted my What to Watch For show yesterday, and that is Isaac Okoro, who's really on a nice hot streak at the moment. I am not convinced that he's going to remain like a 70% two-point shooter, which is where he currently is, but he is playing well. The scoring is up. The minutes are solid. The percentages are high. He's worth taking a flyer on just to see, especially for 14-team leagues. I'm not convinced of a Coro in a 12-team league, but you don't have to be convinced to add someone. You can look at what they're doing, you can look at their role, and you can squint and you go, eh, maybe, like maybe. And then if it doesn't work out, you go, oh, well, oh, well, I'll, I'll see you later, I'll move on. So over the last four games, he's 76th, but that's coming on 66% shooting, which is, of course, wholly unrealistic. He's hitting 47 from three and 78 from two. Nothing else is good. Four rebounds, under two assists, half a steal. The two threes are nice, but again, it's coming on unsustainable levels of shooting. But he has, interestingly, increased his minutes and usage there. So it's fine as a flyer. I just, when your number one category is your field goal percentage and it's going to drop 20 percentage points, your value is, it's not likely to stick. We'll put it that way. Armani Brooks has been added a lot. The designer is going to have some short-term value in Houston, but we saw last game, that's not always going to be consistent. And then Porter and Green come back, and he does nothing, most likely. Yeah, he moves to fourth guard, fifth guard behind Eric Gordon, sixth guard maybe behind Josh Christopher. Well, eventually. There's no long-term value, I don't think, in Brooks, but there's still no Jalen Green. There's still no Kevin Porter. Christian Wood's out. Eric Gordon's out. Daniel House is out. Everyone's out today. So he's a great, great add for at least this short-term scenario. Cam Johnson with Devin Booker out. Yeah, he's a solid enough add over the next week. Terrence Mann has been added in a few spots or in a lot of spots. Um, that's because of the absence or the, the previous absence of Paul George and Nick Batum. We don't know that they're going to be out for Wednesday. They're both listed as questionable, and that will put a pin in Mann. He's played 32, 35, and 38 minutes the last three games, and he's been good. Like, he's fine to add, but I don't know if it larks. Not larks. That's not a word. Lasts. Dante DiVincenzo has been added. The big ragu. Unfortunately, he was ready to return from his ankle foot surgery and then copped uh, COVID. So I didn't think that he was a must-add anyway. 
And obviously, you can drop him now that he's going to be out for at least the next five games. But my reason for him not being an ad was you know, he's coming back off surgery. He's going to be limited minutes. He's going to be limited playing time. He's going to have missed games. And even last year, he wasn't a must-roster player. Uh, he's a steel specialist, and he's got to now battle Grayson Allen and an improved Pat Connaughton to get to 30 minutes, and I just don't think he's going to be able to do that. PJ Tucker's been added everywhere, as has Hassan Whiteside, and that is a classic case of chasing past production. Yeah, Whiteside is not going to continue to have you know, 17 and 12 double-doubles. He's a good streamer on games where the Jazz play, and you need some big man stats, but he will not be a must-roster player. And PJ Tucker had 20-odd points last game. That's great. He, this is PJ Tucker, though. We know what PJ Tucker is. He can be okay, but he's not that good. I'm very interested in these next two names, though. Kessler Edwards. Really liked him in the draft, and then he went to a spot where he wasn't going to play. And now the Nets have been hit with a million COVID situations, and Edwards, he was crazy. Like He was really good. To me, he is a very, very interesting ad for the short term. Now, of course, the Nets cop one injury or one more COVID, and they're screwed. Now, they can sign some guys to fill in those gaps, but they play on a low-volume Thursday and then Saturday-Sunday. That is three really good games you're going to get out of Kessler-Edwards for the rest of this week would be my guess. The player they just actually signed is Langston Galloway, by the way. Um, so he is uh, he is signing here with the Nets for this little um, period of time. So that is a player that's in there. But he is still going to have a really rock-solid role and is worth adding for this time. And it's time, guys. I... I, I cannot I cannot issue enough warnings to hold on to your dicks. And if you don't have a dick, just grab onto something. Just grab onto something that whatever you can hold on to because the delicate dancer, Alperen Shangun. It's a delicate dance in just seventeen steps. Now before we get too excited, Steven Silas is still the Rockets coach and he probably starts Daniel Tice. He probably does. But the crucifix is out the next two games. Shangun should minimum be playing 25 minutes. He might not be able to play more than 25 minutes because he might foul out. He might have some nights where he shoots 60% from the line and dicks you around. You cannot leave Alperen Shingun, I don't think, on the waiver wire. It may not be happening. He might go back and play 17 minutes a night in a week. But there is no one on your waiver wire with top 50 potential. There isn't. And you might think that Shengun doesn't have that. And that's totally fine. You, we can disagree. People can disagree on shit all the time. But I don't believe if I am sitting there and Alperen Shengun is on any of my waiver wires, he's not. He's not sitting there because I've grabbed him already. He's got to be added. Um, and then, then we get ready to see the, the delicate dance really unfold today. And then the duck, Luke Kennard. Love what he's doing. But again, George and Batum return, and it probably nullifies what Kennard can do. Maybe you get another game out of him today, but he's been added in lots of spots. Um, and I am really interested to see how they run that rotation, because he should be getting those minutes over Eric Bledsoe, and he was trending in that direction anyway. Guys, price picks. Price picks is something that, you know, if you had have been watching the Nets game or wanting to put your price picks entry in yesterday, other NBA DFS prop providers, they don't have these bench guys. So they might not have had the Grand Wizard himself. David Duke Jr. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. They might not have had Kessler Edwards, but Price Picks would have. Price Picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Any prop you can think of, points, assists, rebounds, threes, whatever, fantasy points, they've got them all. 
And when you go to sign up, you get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks by using the promo code NBA. How Price Picks works, you use two to five players, Kessler Edwards, David Duke, Alperen Sengun in today's one. Chuck them together and you can win up to 10 times your entry. This is you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks also allows mixed sport entries. So you can take the over on how many points Alperen Sengun does and take the under on touchdown passes for Tom Brady this weekend. If Tom Brady's even playing, I don't even know. So use that award-winning app. Go and download it. It's in the App Store. It's so easy to use. Entries can take under 60 seconds, and PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawal. So go to pricepix.com now. Use the promo code NBA and go to your App Store and download the app. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. Yep, it is. So let us go on to looking at players who can be dropped. Don't have to drop them, but you can. Jendra Ayton is back. JaVale McGee can be dropped. McGee's always fine as a streamer, but he's not a must-hold player. Go and drop him. Dennis Smith Jr., one of the clearest drops you will ever see in the world. Get that garbage out of here! I love what he can do when he gets the minutes, but he doesn't get the minutes. He's third string. He's not even playing anymore. See you later. Spencer Dinwiddie. I do think he'll be better than he currently is, but I don't care. I just don't care because his upside isn't high enough for me to sit through the bullshit. You know, when he, that was one of the things that I had consternation with heading into the season where he was projected like 120th on my projections. I looked at it and went, it feels wrong. Like it, I, I know what the numbers say. I know what Spencer Dinwiddie is as a player, but you know, there's all this hype building around him. I go, am I going to look stupid here? Um, no, I'm not. I don't think he's got that high of an upside. I am going to look stupid, but for other reasons than projecting Spencer Dinwiddie low. Um, yeah, get rid of him. He'll be better than this, but you don't have to deal with this bullshit. You can get rid of him. Um, the diseased scrotum of Arne Fournier. Uh, we got to do it, Jack. Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, absolutely. No reason to hold on. He's been shocking. He should not be starting for this team. He needs to go. Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Yeah, look, he's going to have games where he drops 20 points on 15 shots. He's going to have games where he drops 12 points on 16 shots. He's going to do nothing else in any of those other games, and it's just too much inconsistency. If you are a punt field goal team and you need some scoring, he can be of use. But yeah, I might even prefer someone like a Tim Hardaway over him, who are both really borderline 12-team league players. He is a drop. He's not a must drop again, but he is droppable. Same with the wave pool, D'Anthony Melton. I love D'Anthony Melton. And if you're in a situation where you can stash him and you don't need daily roster spots active, uh, by all means, because one injury and he's a top 100 player. Well, not even one injury. Sorry, one injury to Brooks, Brooks or Bain and he's a top 100 player. Because even with Morant out, he doesn't start playing 25, 26 minutes a night most nights. He's like 20, 18, 21. And I just don't think that's enough. I love him as a player. I think he's really good and I think he needs more minutes. But the reality is he doesn't get them. So he's not a guy to hold on to. Um, let's do it. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. I wish he was saying he'll take it from here. But in fact, he's saying I'm shithouse and I need to go. So you need to drop Mitch Robinson. We don't need to drop him. You can drop him again. Specialized values and high field goals and blocks might be useful for your team. And that's why yeah, I can't give advice that's specific to every single build and every single team in every single format and every single league. It's actually impossible. That's why the things we have at Basketball Monster enable you to tailor everything to your league. Subtle plug. Not so subtle. But in general, if Mitchell Robinson's on your team, 
Is he your worst player? If the answer is yes, piss him off. Ron Barrett. Not only is he not a good fantasy player, but he's also out. That should make the decision for you to drop him easier. Cody Martin. Cody Martin's been good this season. There's no, no questioning that. He's had good moments when Terry Rogier was out. He's had good moments when LaMelo Ball and Terry Rogier and Jalen McDaniels and Mason Plumley and all those guys are out. He had good moments when Gordon Haywood was out. But if this team's healthy, he's just not going to do enough. You don't have to drop him. But again, viewing your roster, if you're looking with a long-term view of things, he can probably move on now. You might get He'll have a good game today, perhaps, because LaMelo's still out. But next game, Ball returns, Plumley returns, McDaniels is there. I just don't see it for him. And the wiki, Chris Boucher, very similar to Martin. For now, you hold on to Boucher and you get value. But even the value he's providing with no Birch, no Achua, and no Ananobi, it's nothing. Like, he's not doing anything great. So, again, if there is an example where you can add Alperen Sengun, you can take a flyer on Kessler-Edwards, like, and Boucher's on your team as the worst player, I don't give a shit. Drop him. I don't think the upside is there. The upside is there. Man, all he needs is 26 minutes. That's cool. It's just, he's just not going to get it. Like He's just not going to get those minutes. Unless Birch and Achua and Ananobi are out for the season, he will not play those minutes the rest of the year. So you do not have to hold on to him in the hope that, man, he just needs those minutes. That's cool. I agree. He needs them. And that's all he needs. He just ain't getting them. Let's look at some must-roster players. Wise men can disagree with me. On these players are must roster, with the exception of a couple. Alec Burks, I, I know he shot poorly last game. I, you just, I don't think he should be on any waiver wires. I just don't think he should be. The shooting won't be this bad. The minutes are high. He's got to be rostered, I think. I think Alex Caruso's in the same boat. Now, at this point, these are guys must roster. Shit can change in three weeks. I know the Bulls aren't playing, but Caruso's like a top 100 type player. Um, Des Bain. I am worried a little bit about what happens when eventually Ja Morant is back from whatever injury he's got. Because when we saw them healthy with Morant and Brooks and Melton all playing together, Bain dropped off and he wasn't very useful because he doesn't contribute in many other categories, but he's a high efficiency, good scoring three-point shooter. That might change. Dan Gafford, I think, is a must-roster player. Um, Dylan Brooks, I think, is a must-roster player, even though his field goal percentage is rough. But again, if you want to compare him to a Jordan Clarkson or a Tim Hardaway, I would rather have Brooks. Pat Beverly, I think, is a must-roster player, less so in points leagues, but definitely in category leagues. I still think he is a must-roster in points. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, this could change as well. I'm not married to this being the case in 10 weeks' time or in five weeks' time, but for now, he's got to be on a roster, and then we'll figure out how the rotation looks later on. And I will maintain that Josh Giddy is a must-roster player. I have I, I get more pushback on saying Josh Giddy is must-roster than almost anything else. Maybe maybe the other equivalent would be me saying that Scotty Barnes is a sell-high player and he can't maintain top 25 value. That's the other pushback that I get a lot. Josh Giddy is a must-roster player. Like, oh yeah, but he kills you, mate. Kills your field goals. That's cool. He's the 110th ranked player while shooting 39% from the field. He's a rookie who's giving you seven rebounds and six assists and a steal per game. He's hitting a three per game. 39%, if that improves to 41, still not good, then you're talking top 90. And rookies, their shooting percentages improve as the season goes on. And I'm expecting it to improve. Yeah, he just kills your field goal percentage, mate. 
He also hasn't missed a free throw in his last four games. He's at 77% from the line over the last 13 games, so he's not hurting you there. I know he started out rough from the line, and maybe he doesn't become good from the line. I don't know. But he has improved. He is a must-roster player. Debate me. Fight me in the comments. Josh the Hitman Hart's a must-roster player, as is the delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun, which we talked about already earlier. I'm going to talk to you now, though, about Truebill. It is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, that you don't want, or that you simply forgot about. Do you know how many CEOs have gotten rich from a free trial that you forgot to cancel? Their free lunch ends now. Bang, I am here working for the proletariat. Is that the word? I don't know. Um, Here you go. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. That's amazing because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at truebill.com slash locked on MBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on MBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Let's look at some upside grab players that guys you just want to keep an eye on to see what happens with them. Of course, we don't know when teams are going to hit with get hit with seven COVID absences that could open up minutes for players like David Duke or Kessler Edwards. But I really think that Josh Christopher, Houston is going to have to trade blokes and he's going to have to step up ahead of Garrison Matthews, ahead of Amani Brooks and be like a 25-minute-a-night player. I'm very interested in him. And one of the other guys I am really intrigued, and I've, I've seen some flashes from him recently, is the God of Hammers, JT Thor. We know each other. He's a friend from work. I think that Charlotte obviously needs some improvement at the center position. Maybe they trade Mason Plumley. Maybe they trade PJ Washington. Maybe they realize that Nick Richards isn't it. There is a there is a very easy path for me to see 22 minutes a night for JT Thor this season. Probably wouldn't come until March, but he is just a name to watch. He's intriguing to me with his blocks. He can hit some threes. He can rebound. There's a there's a bit there. Um, Usman Garuba. That's going to take a little bit. I fully believe that Garuba is a starting NBA caliber player. Him and Shengun working together will be very interesting at some point. And who knows? Wood gets hurt. He gets hurt a lot. Wood gets traded. Tice has moved on from. Maybe we're talking March for Garuba. O'Shea Brissett, he's playing 20 minutes a night. I don't view Brissett as a starting caliber NBA player um, like some others do, and that's fine. They can have that opinion. I don't agree with it. But there is a chance for him, if this Pacers season goes south, that they decide to start him because they've traded one of their other big men. Now, of course, a trade can always bring other players back and usually does. They could start TJ Warren at the four, which I think they should. And that might yeah, nullify Brissett's value. But there is something there with him. The Pelican season's going in the toilet real quick. Zion might not return this season. There's some apparently bad Pelicans news coming in the next day or so. I don't know what it is, but apparently that's coming. Or big Pelicans news. Trey Murphy, it's embarrassing how little they're playing him. He's just a name to watch. Fournier sucks for the Knicks. Derek Rose is old and hurt. Watch Juice McBride. Now, Tom Thibodeau is a stubborn asshole. We know that. Mate, rookies, rookies, what are you doing, rookies? Kids cover them. Fuck those kids. That's the Thibodeau mantra. But to be fair to him, played Grimes big minutes, quickly played decently last year, not enough, but decently. McBride is a very interesting fantasy player. High steals, good assists, good threes guy. And if he gets in there and establishes a role, Tibbs will love him. It's going to be hard to crack into big minutes. It's not impossible, though. And then the other one to watch is Josh Primo. 
who I am really interested to see where he, um, if he can establish himself in a solid enough role for the Spurs. Some other names to look at who I, I do think are, are worth considering. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, as I've horribly mangled the formatting there of that list, which is embarrassing. Uh, I think he's a 12-team league guy for now. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, love what he's doing. Serge Barker's out. Is there 22 minutes a night for Hartenstein? Probably not, especially if Batum returns. But I don't... I, Grab him. Like, let's see what happens. Nick Claxton and David Duke. Great value for the rest of the week. Same as Kessler Edwards. You throw Blake Griffin in there. Terrence Mann, I've spoken about already. But Terrence Ross, if you're looking for a little bump in some points and threes, he's getting a large role at the moment. I'm not certain that it continues. But he's another name that's worth mentioning. He's top 100 over the last two weeks. Darius Baisley's also top 60 over the last week. He's blocking shots. He's getting steals. He's scoring all right. You don't... 100% count out Bayesley as at least a defensive stats streamer. 12-team points leagues, I'd add him. Category leagues, it's very dependent. And then the last guy to talk about is Saban Lee. We're going to get a real indication of Saban today. He played over Corey Joseph. He played more minutes than Killian Hayes. He racks up defensive stats. His shooting can be a worry. I think he's a 14-team league ad, and I don't hate him as a 12-teamer. There is some real fantasy potential there in Saban Lee. That'll do it for me today, guys. Don't forget... To follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube, thumb it up, leave a comment down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.